Do something to boost your testosterone. Because when a man is angry, most people think, oh, his testosterone went too high. No, his estrogen's too high. As what all emotions are estrogen. And if it's negative emotions, you're out of balance, men. If it's positive emotions, then you're in balance. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your Daily Helping. Welcome back, Daily Helping listeners. This is Dr. Richard Schuster here, and we are about to jump into part two with my interview with the amazing John Gray. If you missed part one, go back and listen to last week's episode, and you'll get all caught up and up to speed. Without further ado, here is part two of my interview with John Gray. You talked about how these environmental additives impact us hormonally and are impacting men and women's relationships. Talk to us about how personal technology like cell phones and then the platforms that we access through them, such as Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Talk about what you've seen in terms of how those are impacting relationships in 2019. Well, they impact relationships in a huge way. You know, life is speeding up. And when it speeds up, women notice the negative effects more than men, meaning there's a symptom where women have where they go, I'm not happy. They're more self-aware of their dissatisfaction in life. They're aware their mind is busy, busy, busy. In a sense, they're overstimulated. There's too much information. And when she gets into that overstimulation, she feels, I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. There's no sense of relaxation. There's no slowing down. You know, it's a, an interesting exercise for people to go watch a movie from a black and white movie from the 30s or 40s or something, and uh, or 50s. And if you watch that movie, it will be incredibly slow. Uh, it's very, very frustrating for us because it's so slow. But you have to recognize at the time, life was so slow and peaceful that was exciting for people back then. I mean, that was like, oh, wow, look at this. Amazing. What's going to happen next? But we, we have this inability to delay gratification. We want everything now, right away, right away. And that increases a sense of dissatisfaction. We lose our ability to appreciate what we have. And we're always wanting more, more stimulation. So when you're scanning through Facebook and you're scanning through your emails and you got this call, Every time you see something new and different, that stimulates a little shot of dopamine. New and different excitement or intensity of any kind, danger of any kind. That's why people sit and watch 24-hour news. News, it's new, it's different, and there's danger. There's bad things happening. What's next? Hurricane happened. And we all just sit glued. Our brain is wired up to take more notice attention goes and pleasure goes 
when there's new stimulation or dangerous stimulation and our new information. So what happens is we have such access to immediate gratification, which is good. I mean, I like, you know, doing research online. It's really fun to have like a whole library at your hands. You can go from here to there and so forth. That's producing lots of dopamine as well. But when we're living in it all the time, what this does to the brain, and this is well-researched, is it stimulates dopamine. And then you get these higher levels of dopamine than normal life would normally give you, like talking to a real person, not digital. In a sense, this dopamine level goes up like like when you eat a dessert. You go, ooh, that feels really good, Uh, sweet dessert. That's a shot of dopamine. But as soon as you start experiencing more desserts, your ability to enjoy cauliflower and broccoli, which are normally really delicious, they become boring. They become flat because they don't produce enough dopamine. Sugar produces dopamine. Easily, quickly digested uh, grains and breads and so forth, they digest very quickly, produce sugar. The brain gets a hit. It says, wow, that's more exciting than, than these other things. Same thing with our children. When they're sitting on their iPads and getting all this stimulation, that's more exciting than winning mom's approval. So you know, parents no longer can say, I want you to eat your vegetables. They say, if you eat your vegetables, you get to play on your video game. Or if you eat your vegetables, then you'll get a dessert. Our motivations have changed for our children. They're no longer motivated primarily by the love of parents. The, you know, the feel good of being part of a family, of cooperating, of communicating. So we're losing touch with the fulfillment that comes from personal interaction, which creates a kind of unconscious loneliness inside of people. Uh, we don't, often we don't even know we're feeling lonely, but there's an emptiness and we keep trying to fill it with more dopamine stimulation. So this is a biological phenomenon in the brain where if you have high dopamine stimulation, the, the neurons in the brain begin to disappear because you don't need so many neurons, the little receptors to dopamine. So you have to think of dopamine as like pouring a pleasure liquid into a little bucket. And if you have so much pleasure going into the bucket, then you have less, your brain says, I don't need so many buckets. So now you depend on high stimulation to feel normal fulfillment. Whereas normal things that would normally fulfill you through personal interaction, sharing, affection, connection, playing games together, learning about each other, those kinds of things used to provide tremendous stimulation. Now they're kind of flat, they're boring. You depend upon the higher stimulation. So our ability to enjoy people becomes less. Now, men have another challenge. I kind of think um, Facebook and social media, if you're rather addicted to it, and that's what an addiction is, is when you're dependent upon higher stimulation. Men, to a great extent, and some women, are addicted to pornography, online porn. This is a major dopamine stimulator. You know, sex is a big dopamine stimulator for both men and women, but more so for men. And a naked woman online with the illusion that she wants to have sex with you uh, stimulates huge amounts of dopamine, very high stimulation. And what we're seeing now in teenagers who do so much of it and young, young, you know, people in their 20s and even 30s, what happens is there are They're experiencing today 21-year-olds who are impotent, but only with a real woman, but not online. They They can get off with a woman online because it's pure dopamine. When you're with a real person, 
you've got other hormones being produced that keep the dopamine from going so high. You've got serotonin because you feel comfortable with somebody. You've got oxytocin because you're touching. That increases estrogen. That then keeps testosterone from going too high. And so you're, you're not overstimulating your body so your body can stay turned on to a real person. But what happens is when you get turned on to artificial fantasy, you don't have all these counteracting hormones. So you get a huge dose of dopamine, desensitizes the brain, and now you're dependent upon impersonal relationships to feel aroused rather than personal relationships to be aroused. So this is a big problem in marriage because uh, when couples, you know, when, when problems set in and routine sets in and so forth, sex becomes a little less interesting, all a man has to do is turn on his computer and instantly sex becomes very interesting with somebody other than his partner, an illusion, a fantasy. And the result is he feels all turned on, that's really great, but that over time diminishes even more his ability to feel the excitement and passion with his partner. You know, there's something, a real simple thing is that when, when you lose passion, people are saying, how do you get passion? And for men, how do you get your sexual drive back for your partner? It's a, a big subject, but on a simple level, uh, the Japanese did some research. And what they found is that if a man ejaculates on Saturday night having sex with his wife, if he doesn't ejaculate for six days, on the seventh day, his testosterone levels will double and his sex will be much better. For men, sex is great when your testosterone is high. And what happens over time, if you ejaculate too much, is your testosterone levels don't double. So it, it, all you have to do, it, it, this is just simple logic. Abstain. If you want to enjoy your food, abstain for a day. The food tastes great. When it comes to sex, abstain from ejaculating. That doesn't mean you can't have sex. It means don't ejaculate and don't have sex with anybody else online either. And then on the seventh day, it will be so much more enjoyable with your partner. And, and you know, this is like not rocket scientists. Uh, and even, even couples who sort of complain, yeah, we're having sex, but it's kind of flat and boring. Usually they're having it every other day or every third day. So don't have it. You know, you can cuddle, you can kiss, but don't ejaculate if you're the man. <laughs> and, then, and then what will happen on the seventh day, this is biologically tested. Your testosterone levels double. So we're not designed if you look at the biology, to be releasing that much. And, and another phenomenon of it is that when you do ejaculate, uh, you lose so much zinc. And zinc is necessary in order to uh, make testosterone. So conserve. And that doesn't mean uh, conserve and not having sex. That also puts everything to sleep. So you want to continue having sex. And some couples go, we're just not interested because they haven't been doing what I just suggested. Then what you do is you practice once a week, start from zero, and you do it no matter what. <laughs> you just do it. Uh, and, and it will start warming up the system. You, you go through the motions and you only ejaculate once a week if you're a man. And you also take plenty of time to stimulate the woman, which is often a mistake couples make because she's not really that interested. You're starting from zero. If he doesn't have the juice, she's generally not going to have the juice. So you got to go take time with the whole thing, get her going. That gets him going a little bit, gets her going, gets him going. So you start from zero and after a while you warm up all the equipment and it works again, but you can't be doing it every day. So this is all very interesting phenomenon. Most people never aware of this research. They just sort of feel like the passion's gone. We're not interested in it anymore and it's gone. 
But sex is a very big part of, of marriage, of long-term relationships. But once again, if your hormones are out of balance, it's harder to experience what I just talked about. And so good relationship skills out of the bedroom, out of the bedroom uh, help to balance the hormones so that you can experience the fulfillment of hormones being in balance, which is a great sex life. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you, and I can't wait to see where you'll go. That's fantastic information. And so I want to I wanna move us back towards our, our overarching topic that we've been discussing. So getting those relationships back on track, take us through a couple actionable items that you talk about in your newest book that men and women can take today to start improving their relationships. Four steps to creating change. And see, an actionable thing is I want to do something to get a result. Now, always when women come to me in counseling, they, the result they want is they want to change their partner. <laughs> okay, so it, that's not that's not possible until you get to step four. So I will tell you how to get more from your partner. That's step four, but it will not work unless you go through step one, two, and three. Same thing for men. Men men's complaints. Let's just go through some of those basic complaints women have, which is he ignores me, he neglects me, he's not affectionate, he doesn't listen. He gets angry, he's irritable, uh, he's messy, he doesn't attend to things, there's no romance anymore. These are the kind of things that women will say to me in counseling. Uh, and, and there's too many arguments and fights and uh, he, he just, he's not attentive to me. So all of that is my relationship would be better if he would change. So it's all blame, it's all blame, blame. Blame doesn't work. <laughs> anyway, haven't we seen that? Are you the blaming and complaining and criticizing and shaming and it didn't work. You ignored it, ignored it. That didn't work. So nothing you do works. So that's because those things don't work. So that's step one. Stop trying to change your partner. Now, men, on the other hand, they can get into all that. But generally, a man's number one complaint is she's not happy. Why can't she just relax, be happy, enjoy life? Why does everything have to be perfect? Why is she always trying to peck at me and change me and so forth? Now, certainly there can be role reversal here, but those are generally the, the trends when people are in a marriage. So he just wants her to be happy. So you have to let go of your desire for her to be happy because that's blaming her. You're blaming her for not being happy. You need to be happy. And she's blaming him for her unhappiness. She needs to be happy. So first step, stop doing what you're doing. If you're not getting what you want, then what you're doing doesn't work, period. And what you're doing, I see generally, is trying to change your partner. So anything you do, any attempt to get your partner to change will only make it worse. So that's step one. Recognize that you've been sabotaging the success in your relationship. Now, I know people go, well, how's he going to change that? Well, step one is stop doing what doesn't work. Step two, do what does work to make you happy. And who's responsible to make you happy? Him? Her? No, we are all grownups now. We're not children. We're responsible. If I say to any audience, 
Who's responsible for your happiness? They all say, we are, of course, of course, we're all grown-ups. But then they get married and they blame their partner, okay? So <laughs> we are responsible for our happiness. So step two is grow up, take responsibility for your happiness. And now, regardless of what your partner says or does or doesn't do or isn't, find your happiness. And that happens through understanding what we've been talking about in terms of hormonal balance. Women need to do things at different times of the month that make them happy. Now, in short, in a short conversation, uh, the way that would be is whatever you feel like makes you happy that doesn't involve changing your partner. Whatever makes you happy could be in the garden, could be reading books, could be taking dancing classes, could be playing cards with friends, it could be learning cooking, it could be taking an archery class, going to a yoga class. Whatever makes you happy, you have to let go of the idea, my partner is not responsible for my happiness, I am. Even when you're doing those things, you can't say to yourself and have it work, oh, I have to do this because my partner doesn't make me happy. No, you do this because your job in life is the first, first of all, before any relationship can ever work, is to have, find the happiness and love inside your heart. So you find balance. Now, my book, it gives new insight for women to find that balance because it teaches them that usually what they do during the day, if their stress isn't working, they need to focus on things that generate estrogen for half the month and things that generate progesterone for the other half of the month. But generally speaking, do what you love to do that will make you happy. That's what she needs to do. He needs to take time to do what he needs to do in order to be happy without depending on her. So this is self-reliance. When you can come to your partner feeling happy, then you're not, a, you're not gonna criticize them and judge them and blame them. Now, as a man, part of what I had to learn is the way I would blame my partner was to say, you know, if she's not happy, then she's blaming me. And I had to say, no, she's not happy because she's not taking care of herself. It's not my job. Often men sort of feel our job is to make the woman happy. So if she's happy, we get a boost in our self-esteem. And there's no doubt about it. When my wife is happy, I feel like Superman. But if she's not happy, I need to get, I need to know my job isn't to make him ha her happy. That's her job. So I don't end up feeling personal about it, taking it personally like I have failed because otherwise I tend to get defensive. Most men would. It's like, why aren't you happy? So we have to get clear about taking responsibility for happiness, coming back, balancing the hormones. That's men doing things that make them feel good without depending upon a woman's approval and excitement in order to feel good about yourself. Then... That and that go, then you move to step three. Now you're coming from a place of I'm fulfilled, I'm happier inside, I'm not depending on my partner to change for my happiness. That means there's no criticism, no complaining, no anger, whatever. You're processing it yourself and not throwing it on your partner. Step three, this is where these are all, these are kind of actionable actions that will work right away, but not as well as if you don't do step one and step two. And that's understand what your partner's primary emotional needs are. And these are more actionable things that you can do together, which is to recognize that this is step three is give more love. So at a time in step one, you don't feel you're getting what you want. You give more to yourself, fill up. Now you give more to them. So the person you want more from now, you're giving more to them, but from a place of fullness, not a place of, of emptiness, pulling, you know, I give to you, she should give to me. 
But again, step three, where you give more to get more is, and you will, if you give what the person really needs. Now, what does a person really need? That's where gender differences come in. What women need is different primarily from what men need. Because generally speaking today, what men need is a boost in testosterone because they're going down due to all the estrogen influence. Women need a boost of estrogen and progesterone because they're so independent that inhibits the development of estrogen. So in this case, what she needs is she needs more romance. So here's an actionable thing. You're a man, what you can do. You're a woman, what you can do is on Saturday, you discuss three things that she would like to do next Saturday. That's it. Not what he'd like to do. Three things she'd like to do, but she'll want to say, oh, what do you want to do? You say a few things and he says a few things to her. And, and then he, then she says, you pick. So she doesn't have responsibility for picking. Making decisions is a masculine part of us. So we're trying to help her get back to the estrogen part where she's just picking what she would like, giving options. So three things that she'd like to do next weekend. And would and for him to do those things, we'll pick one, he picks one, and he can take a day to do it and say, okay, I've decided we're going to do this. And then he plans the date and takes her on the date. So that's a date once a week, scheduled a week in advance. That's a very powerful thing a woman feels on that day. She gets to feel very feminine. What's interesting is that when women can anticipate that day throughout the week, they're thinking, oh, what am I going to wear? Make my schedule open. I'm going to prepare for that day where he's going to take care of me. That increases estrogen. So that's called romance, creating some romance. So that's something couples can do. Now, what is he doing? What he's doing is providing caring, understanding, and respect, respecting her needs, understanding what she wants and would like, and caring, considering it, prioritizing it. Caring, understanding, and respect are the major estrogen stimulators in both men and women. What stimulates testosterone is anytime a woman trusts a man, depends on him. See, when you trust someone, you can depend on them. And if they're not perfect, you still accept them. Trust, acceptance, and appreciation for what they provide. Men want want and need, or anybody, in order to boost their testosterone, needs to feel that you can depend on them, they're there for you, they don't have to be perfect, so you're not going to pick at them, you're not going to complain to them, you're not going to criticize them, you're going to embrace who they are just as they are, and you're going to appreciate what they provide. So a romantic date, her job is to not criticize, not complain, and there's subtleties to this. Here's one. If you're in a restaurant, you want to go out to dinner and you pick three restaurants, he picks one, you go, and the soup is not really good. She unknowingly could say, you know, this is such a great restaurant. I can't believe they have such rotten soup. You know, they didn't even heat it up. I can't believe it. You know, they must have changed the cook or something. What she's going to do is just simply feel free to complain and criticize the food. She doesn't know that he will take it personally. So her job is to complain about nothing on that date, but to look at, oh, how wonderful it is. Ignore the soup. Just look at the positive. Let it be a wonderful evening for him to feel successful. I remember in my marriage with Bonnie, taking her to a movie, you know, and, and, and it was awful. I picked the movie. It was a terrible movie. I knew she didn't like it. I was hoping something was she liked. And I said at the end of the movie, I said, well, did you like the movie? 
And she took a long time. She says, you know, that sunset scene was really beautiful. Now I got the message. The movie wasn't great, but it was, she gave me some, something from it. You know, that was a beautiful sunset scene. And immediately I go, yeah, I didn't film that movie. I just filmed the sunset scene. I didn't write the movie. On an emotional level, I had something to feel good about. And then we move on. I knew it wasn't great. It, she didn't need to tell me. So this is the key. And if a woman feels like, oh, I do need to tell him I don't want to go to that restaurant, you tell him next week by, when you don't pick that restaurant again. So there's subtleties to all this without throwing failure in a man's face because men thrive on feeling successful. Women thrive on feeling cared for and connected. So let's look at our priorities in order to help produce more estrogen in women, more testosterone in men. That's step three, which is how to practically give more of what your partner wants and needs primarily to help bring them back into balance. Then step four is you will automatically start getting more because when you give more, you get more back. If you give more from a place of depending on more to come back, feeling empty, then there's a string attached to it. I'm giving to you so you'll give to me more as opposed to I'm giving freely to you. And particularly if you give the right kind of love. If I respect or care for my wife, naturally she will trust and accept me more. If I understand her feelings more, she will more acceptance of my imperfections. It's an automatic reaction. But even still, if you don't get the response you're getting automatically in step four, then you ask, you express preference rather than demand. Because you're feeling more fulfilled inside yourself, you can simply make comments like, this is what I would like, this is what feels good to me. If you're willing to do that, that'd be great. I'm not trying to change you. Let's say you need to talk about something that's frustrating, upsetting to you. You need them to understand. You just preface it. Here's a magic phrase. You say to a man, this is not a big deal. I just want you to understand how I feel. Then a man will relax. But when a woman says to a man, we need to talk, it's just like every defense reaction comes up. It's terror in his eyes. <laughs> we know, how long is this going to go? What did I do wrong? I'm not being loved. You know, this is like, never say we need to talk like that. Just simply say, you know, this is not a big deal, but I want you to know how I'm feeling. The other day you were late. I was felt frustrated. I felt disappointed. I thought like, why should I even cook a meal for you? Or you didn't even call. I thought you were dying. You know, I feel like your work's more important than me. And, you know, I'm not asking you to make a big change, but if you can try to remember that, it'd be real helpful. You see, this non-demanding place that we can come from, a partner can hear. But when you throw your emotions at your partner, it just doesn't work. And women will tend to throw their complaints at men, thinking that if I get more upset, he'll listen more. Actually, the opposite happens. And for men, we then get engaged with anger. And basically, the worst thing you can do as a man is if you start to feel angry, to open your mouth and talk. Stop talking. Uh, you know, if I'm angry, you got to learn. It never turns out well what you do. Because see, women, you need to stop talking, take a time out. Look, I need to think about this and walk away. Do something to boost your testosterone. Because when a man is angry, most people think, oh, his testosterone went too high. No, his estrogen's too high. As what all emotions are estrogen. And if it's negative emotions, you're out of balance, men. If it's positive emotions, then you're in balance. So I'm not saying, men, you shouldn't talk about your emotions. Talk about them. Talk about your positive emotions. Or, and that, or if you're in a positive place and you want to review the past and say, you know, the other day when you did this, I was really frustrated. Not, I am frustrated with you. That just doesn't work. You're not, you don't dump your negativity on your partner. 
Now, women, on the other hand, if they say, you know, it's not a big deal, I just want you to know I'm angry that you did this, I feel disappointed you did this, that's okay. If you minimize it to start with, he will hear it. But women do need to personalize it more. Men need to not. So there's distinctions here in how we communicate and express our feelings. And it's a bigger picture. That's why I wrote a bigger book. But those are some tips along the way. Fantastic information. Absolutely fantastic. And so much detail in there. Dr. John, this has been phenomenal. I know that a big part of what you do is you have these outstanding in-person events. And I know you've got one coming up. Talk to us a little bit about that. Well, I did them about a couple of times a year. Uh, this one's in the Bay Area. It's, um, I believe, August, uh, October 10, 11, and 12. It's in the Bay Area near San Francisco. Uh, it's three days. It's a relationship seminar. There's both men and women there. There's some single women, single men, couples. Some people are going through really difficult times. Other people just want to make the relationship better. They like my ideas and so forth. It's a relationship enrichment class. And there's some people that want to work on their relationship, willing to talk about in front of other people. So I work on people's relationships right there in front of the room. First of all, I give this understanding and much greater detail. Then I, I have couples who have problems. And what's amazing is when you can see other people who have bigger problems than you, you see yourself in there. And you see how stubborn you are too. And you're able to understand your partner's feelings much more when you're hearing it from somebody else other than your partner. Because when you hear from somebody other than your partner, you're not so defensive. And the result is we naturally have a greater awareness, a greater empathy, a greater motivation. And it changes people. It's something you will not forget. It's a life transformational experience. It's three days. I love doing it. It makes my life better always as a, as a, as a result. And uh, everybody loves it. And how can people find out more about that? Well, they can find out more... Uh, uh, they can go to my website, marsvenus.com, and look at the events page. Uh, there's a code, you get a discount, TDH25. I presume that's 25% off, so thank you for, for doing that. But it's, uh, you can go to marsvenus.com, you go to our website, you'll see the little, the little information's all there. You can sign up, it's great. Use the code TDH25, get 25% discount. That's really great, terrific. Uh, outstanding. Dr. John, this has been an, an absolute blast and there's been so many pearls of wisdom you shared with the audience. As you know, I wrap up every episode by asking my guests a single question. That is, what is your biggest helping? The single most important piece of information you'd like somebody to walk away with after hearing our conversation today? Well, I think the most important thing, again, I'm, I'm men and women, so I have to give you two things. <laughs> men... I did mention it before. If you're finding you're getting angry, stop talking. Uh, if you can listen more, that's better. But you might have to take a time out. It only gets worse if you talk when you're angry because it throws your hormones out of balance. And what, what you can give to women is ask more questions, listen more before speaking. <laughs> it's when you talk, you make it worse. And uh, keep your words short and simple. Don't try to change her. And for women, it's such an automatic thing when you're feeling stressed out to give orders, complaints, point out things, and to recognize if it's a big issue, talk about it. If it's a little issue, overlook it, talk to a girlfriend, let him be your hero, take time to appreciate. Certainly you do appreciate him, you love him, and you think, why should I have to tell him? Again and again, a smile. You know, uh, if, if, if I give my, hug, my wife four hugs a day, that's the affection, the touch. A woman, gives a man a hug, 
by saying thank you or smiling and being delighted to see him without any motivation to change him. Uh, Somebody told me that's the definition of a good friend. A good friend is delighted to see you with no motive to change you. I think that's the great definition of a wife as well. Outstanding. Dr. John, give us the website one more time where people can get more information. Thank you. That's uh, MarsVenus.com. Perfect. And for those of you listening behind the wheel, we're going to have links to everything Dr. John talked about in the show notes at thedailyhelping.com, as well as in the Daily Helping app available in iTunes and the Google Play Store. Dr. John, this has been awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. A real pleasure. Thank you. Absolutely. And thanks as well to each and every one of you who chose to listen to this episode. If you like what you heard, go subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review because this is what helps other people find the show. But most importantly, go out there today and do something nice for someone else, even if you don't know who they are, and post it in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping because the happiest people are those that help others. 